So, Kirk, Rain brings you chicken scratch. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it was a fully realized song, really. But um, I think what she's getting at is I took the chords, you know, cowboy chords, you know, bass, her melody. And instead of approaching it from like a strummy singer-songwriter way, or even to plunk it out on the piano, I thought it would be interesting to write it a string quartet, but then not assign each of those parts to strings. So not like violin, violin, viola, cello, but with, because I wrote it like that and I just executed it with the guitars. Huh. Yeah. With, um, a, with a device called an Ebo, which has been around since the late seventies. And it just puts the string it's something you put over the string and it puts it sustain. You can, ha you can get a string like effect with it. Um, but at any rate, yeah. So I perform, I wrote it uh, for string quartet and then uh, just in the studio performed each part, you know, separate. And what you get is uh, a feeling and awareness of what that chord might be at any given moment, but yet it's, orchestrated in such a way, just like you'd hear any Bach or whatever, you know, uh, whatever that uh, contrapuntal parts. So it's not just a, a strummy bit, but uh, all these intertwining melodies that harmonically make up the chord from chord to chord, but yet have their own throughout continuous throughout the piece. Yeah. There's this sort of uh, lyrical tonality uh, continues around these different voices that you musically create, and then they blend together and overlap and go in and out. Mm, yeah, that was the point. <laughs> yeah. No, and you use a lot of electronics on stage of some of this stuff with the two of you just performing. Well, I don't know if there's a different performance with a larger group. Of, yeah, is touring... Um, we've been touring as a duo, so we needed to kind of rethink um, arrangements and how to best replicate it live. Um, and we definitely didn't want to go the route that um, a lot of people do, which is just kind of bring 
all the information, all the sonic information on the laptop, and you just hit the space bar, and then you're good for the whole song because it's just playing the like a karaoke like it's karaoke, right? Yeah. We definitely didn't want to do that. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that kind of thing. I it's mean, just not stay, stay home it, and listen to the record, then, right? You know it's I mean? not. You're clearly yeah. So we, it's not. There's some stuff that's lifted from the record and put onto this little small sampler that Rain will trigger. But uh, more than half of it is just different things that were created specifically for the live experience. The cheesy old drum machines we we would use and a sample, and we'd play those live. But all that stuff Rain's triggering live. So uh, like from the chorus to the verse to the you know, these different sections, she's hitting the pad while she's singing to bring it in, you know, and in some situations, she's even further manipulating those sounds live so that any performance you see of us doing it, there's no two performances that'll be exactly the same. And that to me is, is key. That's, that's what I really enjoy. So you write is about you writing. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, that. That's a fun play on words. Or is it about me writing? Is uh, it, well, I think it's pretty write. self-explanatory uh, in that, you know, I don't, like I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to break down the lyrics uh, and, and exactly, but because I got everything wrong, I got you right. So yeah, it's, right. it's a kind of love song, you know, um, but it can be used interchangeably. It can be an unconditional love song for uh, between a parent and a child or, you know, two lovers. Know, siblings because it's really the idea that like you know messing up you, somebody the, the protagonist feel, feels they they did something that was harmful or shitty to the other person and they're like you know what everything wrong but i, I got you right because you forgive me you yeah. know <laughs> i think this concept of forgiveness which was in my eulogy um and with my dad is really an important part of life that um, a lot of people miss, you know, and we fail to forgive ourselves. We fail to forgive others. We've, you know, the one thing I, I found profound about our, my six siblings and I being there with my dad was that we actually had forgiven each other for stuff in our lives. And, there was no one who couldn't be in the room with each other. And I, I, in the aftermath of that, I, people who told me stories, you know, like I, they couldn't be in the room with a sibling when their parents were dying. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's like, I'm so grateful that we didn't get to that point. But one of the foundational things was that we were able to forgive each other because, yeah. When your kid's growing up, you don't always treat each other right, you know, and you had quite a family who's, you know, of siblings, yeah. not just River. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, you, Summer, Liberty, Joaquin, you know, obviously, yeah. or just being, you've yeah. been a public person, you, you know, you, you're an actress, you're uh, a singer with R.E.M. and Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was yeah. like my past life, but yes, yeah. I'm very, <laughs> very, very, yeah, very grateful for it. Years ago, and uh, yes, I, I have, I've been in music and and film, but um, 
this is your new life. This yeah. Is this is this record is really sort of everything right now that that I'm focused on. Um, this launch left the uh, where I invite well-known artists to launch emerging bands. And I know you've heard about that podcast and listened to it with my sister Summer and I host it. I love it. It's oh, it's awesome. great. It's and everybody who's listening to this should go listen to Launch Left. Uh, amazing interviews. But let's talk about that for a second. Sure. Uh, what is the purpose? What are you trying to accomplish with Launch Left? Well, Launch Left is a space for creatives to launch the next wave of music rebels. That's our tag. But it's also an intentional space to highlight and empower all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. So what that means is we're really interested in and hearing music from artists who are um, unapologetic about their craft and what what they want to say, and they don't bend and change the way they're going to make art. So they make it because it comes out of them just as it is, and they feel very strongly about it. Um, it's a you know a really about curation within left of center art, and the idea that well known creatives that have done things their way and gotten to the top doing it, they're who should be telling us who's the next wave of, of, of those kind of artists. And really what it came about was asking myself, where, who's the next Beatle? Harvey, who's the next David Bowie? Why, why doesn't there seem to be those artists anymore that are just to me, culture changing figures, you know, that doesn't, they're not that prevalent. So I thought it'd be Interesting to, to in a small way through a podcast, at least start there, but it's a much bigger idea to begin to kind of try to find those next artists and to ask the people I respect in music and art making um, to share with me who they think is great. Because there's a lot of music out there and that, that's a that's a bonus to some extent. I'm happy for the artists, obviously, that can put anyone can put anything out, but it also creates a overwhelming amount of music. And to me, uh, I would much rather get someone I really trust to tell me who of all these myriad of bands out there to, if I don't have much time in a week, tell me, give me the top five on your list, you know? So it was kind of a way to skim the top for others and try to have deep conversations about art and activism and culture, and then also highlight somebody unknown. Yeah, I love how the artists you bring on are very uh, passionately, organically driven. It's like part of their soul that they can't shut down. They have to get it out there. Yeah. So how did you and Kirk come together? I met Kirk through my brother, Joaquin, years ago, like uh, 10 plus, I think, now, uh, 2010 or 9, I think we met. Uh, and we played together... And for a short time, and then we didn't really play music together. We both do music, obviously, and we're doing other projects for a long time. And then this is amazing how this this we came together to collaborate on this record. It organically, which I shared on stage today too, is you know we we worked together on one song that was part of a, a small uh, EP or double A, a side single, um, and from there we just 
and producing, you know, he kept producing these beautiful pieces of music and I kept wanting to write to them. And next thing we know, it was a record that, you know, is, the, is my record river that's out now. So it was really organic. And like, uh, we same, uh, musical sensibilities, but I honestly just trust his musicality more than I can safely say, apart from River, who's obviously no he's the person that I absolutely trust. And, and for this record, I was able to be hands off for the first time as a producer. And also even, um, yeah, as a producer, but I didn't really have very much instrumentation at all. I don't think I did. I play any I did on, I guess time is the killer. And that was it. I think, <laughs> which I have to say was wonderful for me. I love that. I got to just sing and write, you know, vocal melody and sing lyrics that I wrote. In terms of like all the music, not only did he handle it, but he just impressed me more than anyone I've ever worked with. And so uh, it seemed very meant to be this record. And I'd love to share more and make, make him some of the other songs because they're, you know, I'd never work with the composer too. And Kirk's also a composer. So someone who wrote, you know, symphonic compositions for instrumentation and had musicians come in that played what he wrote. You know, I, I used to have musicians improvise, you know, I would use classical instrumentation, but I never had anyone who actually wrote parts that they already heard, you know, and that was something really special about working with Kirk. And, um, yeah, I, mean, I feel like we should talk about one of those songs that he wrote. Let's um, do it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about lost in motion. I'll, I'll start it off and then I'd like you to talk about built that song. But I will just say that you, I heard him playing. He brought me a piece of guitar music that was beautiful and dark, and I was unsure it, I could even write to it. I couldn't find a melody, but I thought it was the most beautiful music I'd ever heard. Like I don't know if it could go on the record because I can't even think of how to write to it. And then for some reason, my brother River and I had a band called Alec's Attic, and there was a song, Lost in Motion. And one day I heard that music Kirk had written, and suddenly I started singing lyrics from that old old song from 1990 and somehow it made sense in the song and so I changed the melody and I added more lyrics and that was sort of my writing process with that song but I'd love for Kirk to share musicality like how he built the song from it being just this gorgeous guitar piece well I think Lost in Motion was one that we had a few songs and then when it was decided that we make a whole record we actually did we needed more material so I, I remember just sitting down i think it was it was pretty much a year ago we're in january right now uh you know january of la the previous year it came out like like the whole thing That's i think i still have it on my iphone and i just recorded it and it was maybe just a day or two later or the next yeah maybe two days later i uh i have a small home to uh to sketch things out and i threw down the guitar with um you know just a primitive beat and, and both the primitive beat and the, that exact guitar part <laughs> from the sketch made the record that's what you but that's how it it started there's no like um whole lot of thought behind it it just kind of came out like that <laughs> some songs some of the best songs in my interviews appear to have been created that way it's almost like it's this thing that yeah, hits the, you and just 
got to get it down. Or, There's ones too that, that evolve over time and you really craft them and spend time with them. They're cool too. But yeah, it's a lot of fun if it just happens. So I brought up the music for her and yeah, I think she thought it was a bit dark sounding, but she came, when she came around to it and had a, she came up with this, this gorgeous melody. And then I think from that point, as it's the same with some other songs, that's when I started to hear other instrumentation on it and how to flesh it out and what other things should go on there. I mean, the, her melody would inspire that. It's like, oh, okay, this part needs strings and this part needs this. And yeah, that was all based on her, how everything else got um, orchestrated around it. 